We're going to continue in our series this morning. We're going to take a, a shorter look at a passage, but it's a powerful passage. I want you to open your Bibles to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter uh, 6, excuse me, chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, verse 38, please. You'll find that on page 1503, 1503 in that book rack Bible in front of you. And the whole theme of this service has been about a new way of life. When you come to Christ, it's a new way of life. The old is gone, the new has come. And sometimes we forget that. When Jesus was teaching in the Sermon on the Mount, which we're studying right now in the Gospel of Matthew, we discover that Jesus is reorienting his followers to what the truth of the matter is. He's going to the heart and he's reminding us what it means to be a true follower of Jesus. What is this new way of life all about? And here in this text, verses 38 through 42, we see that there's a new way of life in terms of handling and dealing with difficult people. Anybody got difficult people in their lives this morning? Now stop looking at the people next to you. You might have driven to church with one of them this morning. You got difficult people in your life. Maybe they're in your home. Maybe they're in your workplace. Maybe they're in your neighborhood. Maybe they're a friend, a family member. Difficult people. This week and next week, we're going to be diving into what Jesus said about difficult people, about people that are hard to love, people that we consider maybe enemies of us. Jesus said, it's a new way of life when you follow me. Let's read the text and see what it has to say. Verse 38 through 42. You have heard that it was said, eye for eye and tooth for tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. If someone wants to sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. If someone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. That's a new way of life, isn't it? Because we are used to the life that gets even. Have you ever heard the slogan, I don't get mad, I get even. Some people live that way. It's the idea of retaliation. Jesus is in one little paragraph here reducing that, that urge in all of our lives that when we get pushed, we push back. Only we push back just a little harder, don't we? Because retaliation is in the heart of every person. Even as Christ followers, we have to remember that ours is a new way of life. We don't retaliate. A life of, uh, of getting even is over when you follow Christ. No more getting mad or even. It's about loving those who are difficult. This law of retaliation, Jesus said, you have heard that it is said, eye for eye, tooth for a tooth. And by the way, when you read through that, isn't it interesting all the idiomatic phrases that are still used in our culture today? Have you ever heard eye for an eye? Of course. Uh, how about if you've been struck on the right cheek, turn the other also? You know, uh, if someone's suing, you know, someone's suing the pants off you kind of thing, suing the shirt off your back. We've used those kinds of expressions, and they come right out of this paragraph. Now, in this particular paragraph, Jesus is addressing the fact that, that in the Old Testament, the law of Moses, the law of retaliation was established, Exodus 21, Leviticus 24, Deuteronomy chapter 19. And every, in, one of the, in every one of those places, Jesus uh, is referring to the sections where Moses would tell the people that if someone took your eye, then the eye could be taken. Here's the point. 
It wasn't retaliation. It was to guard against retaliation. It was a system of true justice. We live in a society that adopts this principle in our judicial system too. Crimes are punishable by law and we're not allowed to take the law into our own hands. The punishment for the crime must fit the crime. And this is right filtered right into our own uh, justice system today. And the law of Moses was such so that when people had something bad that happened to them, they didn't go back and do something more. The law given, eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, was to restrict retaliation and to make the punishment no more than it should be. And this is the point. But by the time Jesus steps up to speak on this particular law that the people of Israel were following in his day, they had sort of turned uh, grievances into a way of retaliating based on this law. We can retaliate because Moses said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But Jesus said, no, this is not the way of life I have for you. In fact, if you're taking notes, here's what I want. This is the big idea of the text. Whenever we're confronted by someone who seems to have it out for us, we can, we should respond with intentional kindness. Say those two words with me. Intentional kindness. This is the law that Jesus lays down for his followers. This is what it means to be a Christ follower. This is a new way of life. And Jesus gives four examples. He says... I tell you, do not resist an evil person. King James translation says, do not resist evil. And that really doesn't say quite enough. And it doesn't even say it accurately because really the point Jesus is making here is not to that we should not resist evil, but that we should not resist an evil person. We should not be the ones that sort of step back out and correct all the wrongs. We should trust a God who uh, can, can take care of all of the injustices of the world. Our role is to show intentional kindness to those who even treat us wrong. And of course, this was seen in the life of Jesus himself. While being reviled, he did not revile in return, but kept entrusting himself to the one who judges righteously. When he went to the cross, Jesus could have called down the angels. He could have destroyed all his oppressors, all of those who had pl- placed him there. But instead, Jesus says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. The model of Jesus Christ is the model for the Christ follower to say, I don't treat people as I've been treated. I treat them with intentional kindness. Let's look at four ways that Jesus says this should find its way into our lives. Number one, how about when we feel insulted by someone's words or actions? Have you ever felt insulted by somebody? Now Jesus says here, he says, if someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And this is a really misunderstood passage because you have to understand uh, first century Palestine to understand what Jesus is saying here. I've heard people say that what this is saying is if somebody hits you, you should just say, hey, take a better shot, go on the left side this time. And then after that, I've heard someone say, then you can tear them to pieces if you want. That's not an accurate translation or accurate interpretation. Jesus says, if someone strikes you on the right cheek, now to strike someone on the right cheek means that, and most people are right-handed, that means you would be doing a backhanded strike, right? In, in this particular time period of time, a slap on the back of a hand was an insult. This is the way we, they, people insulted each other. Someone would say something or do something, a slap on the cheek. In fact, we even use that phrase today. We say, oh, that was a slap in the face when he said that to me. It's, it's an insult that Jesus is talking about here. And Jesus says, when you're insulted, instead of insulting back, 
you should just simply be willing to take another insult. You should not be so quick to avenge your crippled, you know, uh, emotional state in that moment. And yet we are all so good at that. We're so good at, at finding ways to insult people uh, in, in different ways. We do that with joking. We do it with sarcasm. We do it with backhanded compliments. Oh, that outfit doesn't make you look so fat. You know, those kinds of things. We, we say things that, that are sort of a backhanded way of insulting people. Mimicry, facial expressions. Someone says something about us in the circle of a few friends and we're so offended, we go back and we do something on Facebook so the whole world will see what we have to say about those people. We are incredibly sensitive that when somebody insults us, we're going to insult them back. And I've found this in my own life. I'm sure you found it in your, in your life as well. And Jesus says, that's not the way. When you're insulted, we should be willing to take more insult for the sake of the gospel. So watch for that this week. Listen for that this week. In conversations, when someone gives you the backhanded compliment or a joke or a sarcastic way, and we've all found ourselves in those situations, instead of saying anything, why don't we just be quiet and be willing to take another insult if that's what they wanted to do? And so when someone insults us, we should, we should show intentional kindness. How about this? When someone is wrongly accusing us or or pursuing legal action against us. Now remember the context here, Jesus says don't stand in the way or don't resist an evil person. The point here is that we could be wrongly accused or someone could be pursuing legal action that is a little bit over the top for what's going on in the situation that we're in. Now the law of Moses established that under the Old Testament borrowing laws, that basically that if you loan someone money, for example, uh, you could take their cloak as a pledge. The cloak was the garment that you would wear as a way of keeping warm. And, and the laws of the Old Testament protected a person from ever giving up their cloak. It was like a, a prized possession. It was a way that you survived the winter. And so you could take a cloak, but watch this, and you can read about this in Leviticus, uh, excuse me, Exodus 22 and Deuteronomy 24. If you took someone's cloak for uh, collateral for the loan that you gave to them, you had to return it to them at nighttime. You had to give it back. And you couldn't go into their house to get it. You had to wait the next morning for them to come out and give it to you. And this went on and on, back and forth. And you can imagine how tedious this would become. And then at some point, the borrower says, I've paid off my debt. But the lender says, no, you haven't. And there's this messy exchange that happens. And so the borrower says, I can't give you any more. And the lender says, you owe me money. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come after. I can't come after your cloak. I'm going to come after your tunic. I'm going to sue you for your street clothes. And in that particular time, Jesus was well aware of what people thought about this. Jesus said, if somebody is suing you for your tunic, let them have your cloak too. Don't be so concerned about protecting your assets. Now, I, we live in a very litigious uh, society, don't we? If someone sues us, what do we do? We're going to sue them back. Small claims courts, you can go online and look at it. There are just millions of small claim files all the time for personal debt, uh, contract law, uh, property rights, infringements, all these kinds of things that people get into. And we oftentimes even do this in the church. 
And I know of examples, I know of two examples of churches where there was a leadership that was suing a pastor for certain things that were going on in the church, and the whole community was watching this. It was in the news, television cameras out, interviewing leaders, interviewing members of the church, all in front of a society that says, don't they love each other? It's such a sham, it's such a joke. I think what Paul says uh, in, in his letter to the Corinthians, and you know this passage, 1 Corinthians 6, 7, he says in this very topic, he says, the very fact that you have lawsuits among you means that you, have complete, you are completely defeated already. Why not rather be wronged? Why not be cheated? What Jesus is saying in Matthew 5 is he's saying, just take very careful thought of how much you want to fight the system where somebody feels wronged, grieved, or taken advantage of. Why not be intentionally kind and even generous to that person? So that might be something for some of us to think about. We're in scrimmages and skirmishes with people around us, maybe even people in the church. I don't know of any particular situation like that. Thank you, Jesus. But there may be somebody that is in one of those situations where right now the Spirit of God would say, you need to back off of that, you need to release that debt, you need to say, okay, so what, they owe you a few hundred dollars, or maybe if it's a few thousand dollars, I don't know. Maybe the Spirit of God would say, why not for the testimony of your faith, trust God to provide for the situation and not be so committed to suing and making it go that route. Uh, these are very personal things going on, uh, but, but nevertheless, it's true. We live in a society where people want vengeance, they want justice, and, and sometimes we just kind of forget that we need to take a, a little different look. And you know, this can happen. Here's, a, here's an example. A few weeks ago, somebody rolled into our church parking lot. Uh, they, they, they came up, husband and wife came up to our cafe. They're members of our church. They had a really nice experience. They had a coffee, kind of debriefing their week together. And then when they came out to get in their car, they saw that the front of their car had been crunched, just like mashed with no note, nothing. So they go to our security and they say, is there any way we can help? So we go to our cameras because we do have cameras around our facility just for the very purpose. We're wanting to be a secure facility. And, and there's this car that's in the parking lot that rolls back, crunches the car, the person looks, and then they just drive off. That's, that's the way a lot of people function. Nobody saw me, I'm just leaving. Now that just, all of us, that turns our spirit. And this person was like, you know, could you make an announcement to the church that we should be a little more friendly uh, in our parking lot? <laughs> and I reminded this couple, which is a godly couple, I, I said that could have very well been someone that's just from the public. They're not even members of our church. We have a lot of folks that come up to our church during the week to enjoy a coffee at Cafe Four. All kinds of backgrounds, all kinds of situations, not Christian uh, other faith backgrounds, all those kinds of things, and they're right here. And, you know, this person wrote me back a little bit later, and they said, you know, uh, thank you, uh, we're okay, we love Jesus, everything's fine, we can trust God. It was beautiful, it was a beautiful thing. And it takes something for somebody to do that, to not to want to exact vengeance. I'm going to find this person, I'm going to, you know. This is the way we get. We have to ask Jesus to help us to be intentionally kind. How about verse 40, when, or 41? If someone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Okay, what's going on here? Uh, this was during a time when Roman law 
uh, commanded a, a, a thing called conscription. What that means is, is that the Roman soldiers at any time could just see you walking down the road and say, hey, you, you, yeah, you over there. Come over here. I want you to take my bags, and we're going to be going over to the praetorium or whatever. You're going to take my junk with me, and you're going to follow me. And whatever you were doing, you were en route to a business transaction. You were going to the market for shopping. You were out walking your kids or walking your camel or something, whatever you're doing. You had to stop what you were doing. You needed to go with the Roman soldier, or you could be thrown in jail. Roman conscription, whatever the soldier says, happens. And Jesus said, you know this, this happens. All of us can relate to this fact that you're, and the law was you had to do it one mile. And there were people that would be looking at their little pedometers as they were going along. And they get to the mile and they drop the baggage and say, I'm finished with this, and they leave, you know. You got 300 more yards to go. Forget it, I did my one mile and I'm out of here. And Jesus said, go with them too. Don't be so rigid. Someone asks you, is there anybody asking you to do things that you don't think you should do or that you don't want to do? <laughs> There's a lot of things like that, even in the church. You know, we, we used to have a thing that if you had children in the children's ministry, you were automatically signed up to serve in the children's ministry. <laughs> we had our own little neighborhood three crosses conscription law. You had children in the nursery, you're working in the nursery. You had children in children's church, you're working in children's church. Just as, just as a matter of fact, over time, people are a little less friendly with that. And over time, that has morphed into, we look for volunteers. We want people to serve with a full heart. And that's exactly true. Not saying the people in the past didn't serve with a full heart. But the idea is now free, serve freely. But, you know, we, we fight every week to fill our children's ministry leadership. And there are people that say things like this. I did my time in children's ministry. I don't need to do that anymore. I did my time. <laughs> Sounds like a prison sentence. <laughs> you say, have you ever worked in children's ministry? <laughs> it is like a prison. No, I... It, it feels that, how about when your boss says, you know, I need you to run and do this and do that, and you go, I do that all the time, and that's, that's way, way below my pay grade. Why should I be doing that kind of stuff? Your boss is saying, I need you to do this. Jesus said, when somebody asks you to do something, don't say no. Be intentionally kind and generous with what you do. That's the new way of life. That's the new way, not the old way, that's the new way. And then the last thing. Verse 42, give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. Now, this is, this is the principle that when somebody, when somebody comes to you and asks for money, asks for help, asks for whatever, you can, you can respond this way. How are you to respond? With intentional kindness and generosity, which means you don't summarily turn them away. That's what it says. Don't turn away from the one. And here's what we do. We see somebody begging for money, and what do we do? We go on the other side of the street. Why? Because I can't fix that guy's problem. His problem is too big. Jesus says, I'm not expecting you to fix his problem. Don't turn him away. Do something. You could stop and talk with him. You could stop and pray with him. You could stop and offer him something to eat. You don't have to fix all the issues, but you can do something. What is the something that God's calling you to do? And this is something that, this hits all of us. 
We get hit up all the time with people that just are right there and they're expecting us to do something for them. And, and I'm asking the Lord, Lord, help me to not summarily just turn people away. They say, all right, what can I do for this person? Not feel guilty about the things I can't do, but to jump in and do what I can do. Because that's the new way that Jesus is teaching. He's teaching us to not summarily turn people away. To not treat people that insult us with insults back. To not people that demand of us to turn them away. To to not go after litigative things with people who come after us, but to be gracious and intentionally kind so that people see that Jesus has changed our lives. We heard the stories of young people today whose lives are being changed by Jesus Christ. And this is just a little fraction of what Jesus says if you're going to follow me. This is, this is the new way. Now, you might be sitting here today and you've never opened your heart to Jesus. You don't understand what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And here's the beautiful thing. It's just faith, just trusting that Jesus died for you, rose again from the grave, and that you would like that kind of transformation, this kind of transformation in your heart because you're just the opposite of all this. And you know it. And by simply asking Jesus, And beginning this walk of faith, he'll do the work. He will do it. He will do it. And isn't the gospel amazing that God would love us this way? So that's 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 it. That's a new way. Now next week we're gonna look about how loving what it means to love our enemies. So next here's the assignment. Bring all your enemies next week. (laughs) Every one of them. Don't let any one of them get away. Bring them all. Let's go to the Lord in prayer.